Hey, Voidfarers. A couple quick updates before you dive into this episode of Cast Party. First, this week is my birthday. Happy Leo season. And if you're thinking of what to get for the Voidmaster who has everything, consider telling a friend who hasn't listened to us or maybe hasn't listened to us in a while that our first campaign is complete and ready for their binging pleasure. Our next scheduled release is on August 14th, and there will be another installment of Ion's Infinite Coliseum. <laughs> this episode was previously released on Patreon for our subscribers and features our old PHB cast friends David, James, and Nick fighting for their fictional lives. Uh, and then starting near the end, the tail end of August, and onward till the autumn, uh, the autumn, the fall, the autumn time, um, spooky season, uh, Bianca will be in the GM hot seat as they take us into the world of Divination. Divination RPG is a magical urban fantasy adventure driven by tarot cards in place of dice. Players share control of a single hero, each playing an internal aspect of that hero based on archetypal figures from the tarot. While the Diviner, the GM, draws and reads cards to drive scenes and resolve encounters. We're so excited for this little story. Uh, we've already recorded a few episodes and we really think you're going to love it. Uh, and for more information on Divination, check out DivinationRPG.com. Finally, look out for our Campaign 2 announcement towards the middle of October-ish. You're going to want to see what we got cooking. And hey, Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. And uh, you better stay safe out there. Okay, darling? Talk to you soon. Welcome to The Pod Has Been Cast. Book two, Fall of the Void. Hi, hello, and welcome to Cast Party, the post-pod podcast breakdown extravaganza. This is um, very low-key, very um, unprofesh. This is very like slumber party vibes, like welcome Ooh. to the party. My name is Bianca Phipps. I'll be your host. Um, who's chatting with me today? Hey, yo, I'm Jules. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I use they, them pronouns. I'm cuddled up right now in my sleeping bag. I'm always the first one to fall asleep, but hmm. who do you all like? We won't draw any mustaches on you, I promise. Please don't. <laughs> uh, my name is Carlos Olmedo. <laughs> I use he, him pronouns, and I brought an obscene amount of cheese puffs. Hell yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. My name is Robert Leahy. I use he, him pronouns, and I actually dressed business casual because you didn't stipulate on the invitation. <laughs> no, and we appreciate that. Thank you so much. This is actually an intervention. Damn, are you suit kid at the high school? Oh my God, were you suit kid? Are you suit kid? Suit kid is business casual, okay? Okay, I was not suit kid. We had a suit don't, kid. I'm not even going to joke about that. Every school has a suit kid. Every kid has. We had a, we had a top hat 
kid. Oh my god! Oh <laughs> really? Not a kid. He wore a, top, he wore a top hat and, and a cape. Yeah. And a cape. Oh no, that's like yeah. the evolution of Fedora Man. Did oh, hold he on. Take they probably listen to our off? podcast. Let's calm down. Let's, let's, let's calm down. We know our target sorry, audience. Sorry, DJ. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. sorry. <laughs> we love all you nerds and whatever hats you wear. We're very like, grateful that you're here, um, and we all we all wear hats in our own way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> welcome. Um, at the time of recording, uh, it's early in the morning, and we have finished the podcast. <laughs> um, and so have you, probably, if you're listening to this, because we will release this alongside the final episode. Um, spoilers ahead. This is your warning. If you haven't listened to the last couple episodes of the Pottisman cast, turn back now. Leave. Spoilers, 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 Keep going. Spoilers, I don't know. Spoilers. It's up to you. I'm not your mom mm-hmm. or your dad. Um, but I am your concerned older cousin. Um, who have you been hanging out with? Let's <laughs> get right into fucking it. Fucking suit kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is why they let me run the slumber party. Okay. Um, so I sent everyone a list of questions so that we could have like time to like ruminate on them beforehand. Um, but I did recently learn um, that not everybody did. I won't name names, but you can guess in the comments. <laughs> Vote. We'll put a poll. We'll put a poll in the Discord. Um, but I wanted to start off with a question that I've been thinking about since I made my mistake. But I wanted to talk about, um, like, is there a moment in the show where you did something and you think like, man, maybe I should have done a different choice or I'm glad that I made the choice that I did, but I wonder like what ramifications would have happened if I'd made a different choice. I can go first since yeah. I asked the question. I do have a Sure, thought. yeah, I'm very curious. Um, yeah. I have been thinking about Maeve and Dr. Krell for uh, years. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't even a year ago. <laughs> I know. It's, it, is, it is a thought that, that I have just like, I've been really curious about for a really long time because yeah. I just don't know what would have happened if I had chosen to like essentially destroy Maeve instead of letting Ezekiel take them. I just don't know. I don't know. And I've thought about it. The paths have um, spread before me like I'm doing chronal shift. And I just am so curious as to what (laughs) would have happened. I don't know. Like, because I think a lot about being like a DM and like knowing that my characters will make choices that completely derail my plans. (laughs) And I don't know if um, killing Maeve would have changed things for you, Jules. No, I don't think. Well, well, here's like it would have changed things, but it definitely wouldn't have derailed my plans. Sure. I really, I often in this campaign, and maybe this connects to what haunts me, sort of present problems without solutions in mind. Yeah. I'm just mm. sort of like, this is kind of the situation. How you all choose to deal with it is completely up to you. You could also just not deal with it at all in some situations. <laughs> you could just turn around and walk away. Um, and, Some of uh, which we did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like sometimes that's a completely rational way to deal with uh, with certain with certain situations. But um, no, the Maeve Crowell thing. I knew that we would be sending those characters off some way or another. So yeah. that was always gonna happen, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But it was just a matter of how they were going to go you know yeah. mm-hmm. um and that was god that was such a high pressure 
couple minutes of that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, it's, and, and, you know, I take what you all do and then I decide, okay, well, this is the logical conclusion of that action. Uh, So it's never like, oh, you didn't do the thing I wanted you to do. It's like you all inform like where the story goes. Mm -hmm. Um, I just throw choices along the way. At least that's my way of looking at it. Um, and that's something that haunts me all the time too. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I wonder if um, I mean the whole thing haunts me. <laughs> yeah. Every step of the way, I'm haunted. Of like, should I have done that? Should I have done that? A lot of this campaign was I had never done this before. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, creating a a D and D story for other people to listen to. Yeah. So there was a lot of second guessing on my part of like, I wonder if this is actually interesting to listen to versus is this an interesting module to play, you know, mm-hmm. versus like, is this like, um, does this make sense game wise? Like, is this a playable game, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I've gotten every single one of those points right 100%. Actually, I do know I have not gotten every single one of those points. I don't think it's possible, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm happy with where we got, and I don't regret anything, but I'm definitely haunted by it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think for me, uh, it really boiled down to, like, the things I was too scared to explore. Hmm. So, like, for example, there there's a huge loose end for rain which i think is very normal i'll talk about that in a second but like this huge loose end of like is she a clone or not (laughs) yeah i was so scared to go down that hole and like uh and and learn the awful truth and i think like ultimately what i was happy with was that like i think organically rain probably would have been like you know what like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to fucking deal with that right now. Like, you know, like, I can't have an existential crisis while I'm also trying to save, like, literally everyone in the void. So, right. um, uh, that that felt organic. But then, the me as the player, I was like, uh, like that's something that's just gonna hover over my head, uh, totally forever. Um. <laughs> But that's something that I really like about it is that, like, the same thing that Rain says to uh, Rain 2, where it's just like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. It's like what you end up doing makes you unique. So even if you are a clone of another person, it doesn't matter. Like, if you have your own personal likes and you you do something special with your, you know, whatever you want to do, like, that makes you unique. So, um I really liked that. And then the other thing was um, there were some some other like loose ends that <laughs> like that scare the crap out of me. Like, um, you know, the whole uh, thing with like my mom being gone for like fucking ever. And I know we, I know the ending was like very nice and, and put together with the dinner. But like, I yeah. want to know what she fucking went through. Like, what happened to her? On she was out there for months. so yeah. long, so long alone. And, and especially after like so much tension between the two of us, like for me to be like, okay, I'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And then like, you know, like kind of just leave her stranded out there. That was something that like, if I could go back and chrono shift this moment, <laughs> I would go back and like reach out a few more times or try to get some more Intel just to let her know that I'm, 
still working on making sure that she's safe, but also like checking in at the same time. You know, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got three quick hit ones. Okay. Them. So the, the first is at the very beginning of the podcast. And I think I've talked about this before. I think it was like the second or third episode when I decided to just like jump and was <laughs> completely shot out of the air. Yeah. Jules. yeah. I, I, re- I distinctly remember like after recording that episode, cause we, I, I just didn't really know how this was going to go. We yeah. were like relatively new to this whole thing. I didn't know if Jules was like going to womp us or how <laughs> thick our plot armor was, you know? Mm-hmm. So I like really made this crazy like impulse decision to do this insane thing. And then after the show, I just remember being like, so anxious and being like, I totally fucked everything up. Like oh. I made this decision and like, I'm like main charactering this. And like, I'm, I like, so I, I don't know. Obviously we, it, it wasn't, you know, right. going to turn into anything, but like, I don't know. I just remember feeling afterwards like, fuck, you really fucked that up. No, oh. not at all. Um, the, the, the second is something that I didn't, something that was a part of my character that I didn't take as much advantage of as I wish I would have, mm-hmm. which was the whole charlatan angle mm-hmm. and having having the um, false identities and stuff. Yeah, we did not forge enough paperwork. Yeah, <laughs> no, we didn't use and your Goodman Theater costume department. <laughs> right, right. And I, I like set myself up to do that and like provided the opportunity to, but then when faced with the actual task of like executing it, mm. I just realized like how difficult that is. Yeah. You know, yeah. like how challenging as like a performer or improviser or even just like role player or whatever like the 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 difficulties that I was imposing upon myself. Uh and then the third was like I think mechanically a wrong choice that I made uh in that when I got my rogue subclass I wish I would have gone mastermind as I intended instead of assassin because the assassin thing never really like I never really Mm. used the whole you automatically crit on surprise attacks things Mm. and I was just like I just had like a lust for all of the dammies that I could do (laughs) and that's why I like was seduced by assassin Mm -hmm. but I think that if I if I rolled with mastermind as my plan was and I was able to grant advantage as a bonus action Mm. it would have just made for like a richer combat cycle and mm. like we would have it would have pulled us together more from like a narrative perspective while we were doing combat instead of like everybody executing individual turns mm-hmm. yeah. yeah surprise is a kind of a difficult thing to get in D&D sometimes uh, like yeah. the, the wording of like how surprise works um, and you all are not <laughs> The stealthiest group I've ever played no. with, <laughs> which is sometimes great because you all love to like kind of talk to your enemies before you decide. Like, okay, well, I'm going to suss them out. You know, maybe they'll be, maybe they'll have a change of heart. We don't know. We don't know. But you were definitely like the main damage provider of the group. So I'm sure, like, oh, even yeah. without your rogue assassinate, you mm. helped carry them over the edge in a lot sure. of fights. One hundred percent. It was always 100%. so nice because Robert would be like would roll like a crazy high initiative <laughs> and then would be like, give me a second. And then would do like a thousand damage. And then we'd be like, yeah. all right, get in there kids. And we'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get to start like, things off. Yeah. Yeah. We were like dinking and dunking everything that had just like barely survived Robert's wrath. You know, like, <laughs> we're yeah. Like, yeah, I'm helping. <laughs> yeah. I was doing so much damage so consistently that I would consistently forget about some of the damage I was able to do. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you built yourself into quite a fucking killer. Yes, which is something that I, that I maybe I'll go again. Another thing that I think about often that is hard, I think, to 
strategize both like in like a regular tabletop game and also like in a podcast format are like combo moves. Like how Mm. we can like use our moves together in combat is tricky without being like too like metagamey, but it's also like, I think something that I'm, I'm always thinking about. I just had an image of just like flinging rain so that she could get like a good area of effect on a fireball or something. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Colossus Wolverine style. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's, it's hard, I think, to, it's hard, I think, to, to, to plan for those kinds of things because like you said, Jules, there's so many times where we were like, well, let's talk it out first and then maybe we can. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I uh, mean, it's, that, that, yeah. That, that brings up an interesting point. I don't know if you mind me interrupting Please. with a question for Jules here, but oh, yeah. like, were, were there any moments in the podcast that you can remember? Or I guess just like in general, did we ever like metagame too much? Did that oh, yeah. ever bother mm. you at any point? Um, I really don't think so. I mean, cause, okay. So, so here's how, and maybe this isn't how every DM kind of looks at it is like, you can't forget that Dungeons and Dragons is a game. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's a great storytelling device for sure, but you still want to be good at this game that you're playing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, going wild with it and wanting to like, you know, completely optimize your stats and like, you know, mm-hmm. have all these legendary weapons and like whatever. Sure. That, that's annoying um, to a certain extent. We never got there. But no. like wanting to your character to be excelling at the things that they should be excelling at, that's not metagaming to me. That's just like you you're playing D D. Like you have to play D D yeah. um, to be to be successful at doing it. Uh, yeah. so I never really want my players to be like <laughs> playing schlubs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're supposed to be the heroes of these stories, you're supposed to be like action heroes, and then like you you have to do cool things. And to do yeah. that, then you have to like kind of put some thought into like how you want to use your abilities, how you want to level up and things like that. So no, I don't think you all ever metagamed, uh, no. to my knowledge. And I love the moments where we would be having conversations and then we would go, wait, 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 let's do this in character. And then we would just continue to have the same conversation, but just in our voices Mm -hmm. instead. Which I could listen to all day. Yeah. (laughs) Which is. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing too. Like, I, I, two two things. One, I wish that I had, um, even though it worked out really well for my character, uh, I wish I had thought about like what type of social stats. Like I might mm. actually use because there were so many situations where I was like, okay, let me try and put some positive change in the world. And then Jules was like, great, yeah, roll for it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I can't just oh, be automatically yeah. good at this. Like I got to. Right now, because you're such a good talker as Carlos. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, but we have to use Rain stats. And then Rain burps in the middle of it, you know, <laughs> no right. control whatsoever. Um, but as like a little teaser, like some something – uh, that I'm interested in mm. uh, based on what Bianca was just talking about is if we play another game, um, playing something that is pure support and like making Ooh. my teammates like hit even harder. Like, cause the thing, totally. the thing about playing a wizard, I had a lot of fun. There was a lot of like utility spells, but I didn't pick a lot of like, Uh, buffs I guess and like something Mm. I'm really interested in doing is like if I play another spellcaster like picking something that uh you know like really um is about not just uh helping my teammates shine in combat but also like socially and then 
You know what I mean? In yeah. out of combat situations. No, that makes perfect sense. And that is not a question I was planning on asking, but I am curious. We were talking about this a little bit in the Discord um, uh, a couple days ago, but Robert and Carlos, did either of you ever come up with a backup hmm. character? We may oh. have talked about this before, but just like even in the back of your brain, like if something happens to Xandar, this is what I want. I'm going to let you go. I- no, I, I honestly didn't. I mean, the closest that I came up with was the Warforged character that I built for um, the, pirate the first. The yeah, yeah, the pirate crew oh whole God. thing. Oh, the, yeah. Like, the yeah. Russian doll, larger yeah. and smaller <laughs> robots. Yeah. For, yeah. But Ions, I, and I, yeah. For, yeah, for what was that called again? Uh, Ions. Ions. <laughs> Ions. Yeah, that's right. Ions. Um, and uh, I know because I, I built that before we decided that we were going to do any kind of PvP D&D because we were talking about doing a Patreon one-off of like an Oops All Warforged crew Mm -hmm. that was like also existing in the universe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the other like thing, the other thing that I sat down and did at some point during the podcast was like rebuilt my character Mm. and like now that I know what has happened and what I like and how it works, like how I would have built it if Mm. I had that information at the beginning. And I, I know at some point, like I had a couple levels of bard built in and like Xander has like a totally different mechanical builds on a separate character sheet that I had, like that I was playing around with. So if you have that, um, send it our way. I would love to take a look sure, at that. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that like part of it was that I could never roll less than like a 17 on persuasion and deception checks or <laughs> oh something like that. Like some <laughs> crazy shit like that. Yeah. We would have been so good shit. at ship combat, yeah. man. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Morale would never drop. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. That'd Carlos, awesome. did you have any thoughts? Um, for me, so the way that my brain works with like creating characters is like I, and I think I've talked about this before on a cast party where like my brain will focus on like a cool anime idea. And mm. then like, and then like, how do I use the mechanics of the game to, to make that seem real? Right. Yeah. Like, so, so like a, an example that I had is like, not necessarily for a new character, but something along the same, using the same sort of like, um, magical power that rain has is like a sort of um, the, basically like a time traveler, but like uh, a time manipulator, but as a paladin. <gasps> cool. So it would be, cool. it would be about time cop. Yeah, basically time. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Minority report. So it would have been, it would have been seven levels. Uh, I mean, I, not that the game sure. would go this long, but like seven levels of watchers paladin. And then, the rest in um, Clockwork Soul Sorcerer. Nice, uh, you cool. know that's really fun. That's, I like that cool. subclass a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, so something like that. So, like that happens to me all the time, where I'll be thinking about the show, and then I'll be like, "Ooh, what would what would like?" I'll be thinking about the the religion, right? That we were talking mm-hmm. about the, Zo- the Zodayan gates and all that. Oh, sure. Um, and so, like, I I hinted that um, a long time ago that Rain has that tattoo of the the Taurus oh, um, yeah. that she got at birth and um, or not at birth, but when she was a baby and um, yeah, exactly. And we sort of hinted that it was like, like being forced to be baptized, you know, yeah. <laughs> like with, without any choice. Um, but we didn't delve any deeper into that. And that was another thing where I was like, I'm a little too scared to <laughs> talk about <laughs> that right now. <laughs> to bring it up, yeah. But, uh, 
but uh, like something where it's like exploring the power of that faith in yeah. in yeah. our D and D world. So some sort of monk or some sort of you know like astral soul or astral self monk uh, would have been cool. So things like that. But it, it was never anything like this is what I will do if I die. Sure. <laughs> you know? I guess but I was the only one that was I, like, I'm going I, out. Just felt <laughs> I, like we had, I just felt like we had plot armor, you know? Like, oh, no. We, we did not, but I'm just, I'm just dumb and naive. And you know? so, so sweet. I was so sure. I was like so prepared. I was like, I was like, one day Hart will die and it will be sick and cool, but I'll be real sad about it. But yeah. I think, Jules, I mean, yeah. the kind of, the joy of like being a DM is that you do get to play like a bunch of different player characters as mm. NPCs. But was there like, is there like a build that you would have chosen if you were a player in the game as mm. opposed to oh my God. running it? Wow, wow, wow. That's great. A build I would have chosen. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a good answer. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I would have probably been like a I feel like I would have been like some like combination of all of your characters like I feel like all of your characters have aspects of characters I I like to play yeah right? you know I love like the social engineering aspect of Xandar I love mm-hmm. like the kind of mech nerd genius like rain and I fucking mm-hmm. I've always loved void forged warforged like robot type characters I've, I've always loved I probably would have been like an a like a weird like kind of alien sort yeah. of thing, like maybe like a plasmoid. <laughs> I was gonna say like yeah. some yeah. Like monster. That. Yeah, I probably would have been like something like very monstrous. Like, like I, I love like your Groots or like your um, yeah. you know, yeah. your, like, uh, yeah, your yeah. like weird like very kind of alien creature. I love that kind of shit. So mm. you know, maybe like a oh, you know what? I would have probably been one of those. Uh, those ant things that I made up. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's totally been one of those. I think that would have been a lot of fun. Um, um, speaking of Groot, really quick, I like something that I really love about like D&D parties, and I think it's like something that people really don't talk about a lot, but I think that like the size dynamic of a group, one yes. person being small, one being oh, medium, totally. and one being gigantic. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, Classic that was comedy. so fun. That was so <laughs> fun to play with yes. during our game. All the little, like, size jokes. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, not that, not size jokes. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, yeah. totally, totally. I totally. know. But, like, reaching for the shelves and shit like that. Like, yeah. it just, like, worked really nice. Like, I think, oh, yeah. like, not just our build balance, but, like, just the like dynamic of our group, everything yeah. about them. It just like was very uh, synchronous, you know, everything worked yes. really nicely. E3 no, and like, I think kind of accidentally, because I don't think there was a lot of talk about each of your characters before we started playing. No. Um, kind of fell into very classic archetypes for like a trio, just mm-hmm. kind of accidentally. Yeah. Which I think is fabulous. No, it worked out really well. And I'm so sad that it's over. Yeah, <laughs> but that does, um, it's like a good segue into my next question, my penultimate question, I think, um, mm. as we're coming close to our time here. But um, is there like an aspect of your character specifically that you will miss the most? about playing with them. This could be like like a like a mechanical thing like you're like I really loved that I like really like honed this shit down or it could be like a like a social thing and Jules I want you to pick an NPC 
that you're going to miss the most. Oh. So just think about that. We'll go first. <laughs> but I'm warning you ahead of time. I am coming for you. Okay, um, cool, cool, cool. Um, I think something that I really enjoyed about playing Hart, and I think this is probably something that is true about most of the characters that I play, but I think was really embodied in Hart, is the idea that like kindness is the logical answer, that that is what makes the most sense. I think mm. that there's like a like a weird... I don't know, a belief that like logic and emotion and empathy are two like mutually exclusive concepts. Um, But for me, particularly in my brain, it just makes sense to be nice to people. And it was really enjoyable to play a character that was like so large and not human that was like, no, the answer is we'll talk first. Punch Mm. after. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think for me, like the thing I'll miss the most is... um, there were these like really small moments with Rain that I really uh, cherished where like those moments when like shit's going crazy. We're all trying to like bring everyone together. And then like just that little bit of confidence that she has where like something will happen and she'll be like, all right, well, see you later. And she'll like <laughs> put her hands in her, her hot pockets of her hoodie and just like put a sucker in her mouth. You know, like yeah. there's like really weird, awkward little just like, Moments of like, okay, we're cool, we're cool, and dipping. Um, I I know they're those those are such small moments, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. It just yeah. felt very comfortable. And then the other thing um, that I'll miss um, about Rain and something that I just really learned about D and D in general with her is like, there's nothing more human than just not knowing. what to do, not knowing what the right answer is. Everything's really complicated. And like, it feels like with a lot of like show, like narrative shows like this, uh, it feels like the heroes are always going to be like, you know what? We're doing the heroic choice where this time it was just like, Jules did such a great job of presenting these really complicated uh, problems that had complicated solutions and like just being able to be like, you know what? I don't fucking know. I don't want to be doing politics with these people anymore. I I, I was just on a freighter doing some hacking. Like the fuck Mm. am I like the head of this like team now, you know, the head of this like political movement. Right. Um, (laughs) I don't know. You know, then it just felt very, uh, it taught me that it's like, it's okay to be, uh, stressed, you know, about yeah. decisions and like have conversations about why these decisions are fucked up. Because I think like the impulse is to want to pick a cho- pick an answer that's going to solve the solution right away. But I think like the most interesting thing, and this is what I learned, is is like because it's complicated, the conversation trying to parse out like what's the lesser of two evils and like what are, what does that mean for us if we go down this darker route, like. It's it's very interesting. It's a lot more interesting than just picking the heroic choice, you know. So. Yeah, I'll I'll kind of echo your sentiment a little bit with that, um, like struck like narrative struggle, like using your character as a vehicle for working through a narrative struggle like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say I don't necessarily think <clears throat> there. Are, well, I mean, obviously there are a lot of really great things about this character that I loved doing, but. It, Taking the specifics of the character aside, what I'm go- what I'm really going to miss about playing this character actually has a lot more to do with this format than it does any mm. of the mechanics of the game. Like being able to sort of tug on my background as an improviser and mm. as like a theater maker and and as like a storyteller, 
at my home table, I feel like character and role playing is always kind of an afterthought. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, like I feel yeah. like that's always just the flavor. And then what what we're really trying to do is like the game and like the mechanics yeah. of the game and the crunchiness of the game and like playing an actual game together. Cause we kind of come from being more of like a board gamey type background. So mm-hmm. we lean into more of the board gamey aspects. But what I really enjoyed about this character or playing this character or even playing through this podcast was like, okay, I actually have an arc in mind for this character. You know, mm-hmm. like I started the podcast being like, oh yeah, this character's like a rapscallion and a scoundrel mm-hmm. and like, you know, will fuck people over and lie. <laughs> but I know that he's going to sort of like start leaning a different way with his alignment. And like, how can I kind of shoehorn that in and change and grow and like use that as a way to have more interesting theatricality to yeah. playing D&D than just like sitting at a table and waiting for your turn and optimizing your time. You know what I mean? So yeah, right. th- that's what I'm going to miss the most is like actually making a plan and trying to execute it through the conduit of the character that I built. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Jules, you've had so, some time. How you yeah, feeling? I did have some time. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think I'll piggyback off of Robert a little bit because for me... I I am kind of an NPC fiend. I I do make a lot of them, and I, I created a campaign in which I needed a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> and but we made you them, make a lot of them too. <laughs> mm-hmm. True, all of them to a certain extent, except for the ones that were f- forced upon me, <laughs> were like meant to be tools for you all to either further your flaws or your goals, right? Mm. So for Rain, I was kind of constantly presenting Rain with versions of herself in the future, right? Ooh. That and that's kind of like where I kind of perceived her Wayne was at was like she's this young, you know, hacker with all of this potential but just like no focus whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I was kept throwing people in Rain's direction that were like these are people that are just as smart if not smarter than you and this is what they did with their lives mm-hmm. to kind of lead Rain on that track, you know. And like Xandar was a huge like I'm going to run away from these problems kind of person like, you know, no connections, no things. I was like, okay, if you want to do that, here's Durgan. That's where that kind of lands yeah. you is that kind of mm-hmm. character, you know, but you also have your Cassiopeia you know, another side of that that becomes like kind of a captain. And like, she had her own flaws too, but you know, things like that. And mm. heart having to confront, do I lean into being a a construct or do I lean into being a human, you know? And like mm. here are families and here is like what a family feels like. And also here is what uh, the awful things that people do. Do you want to yeah. be like that? Is that what you really mm-hmm. want to be a part of? Or do you want to be something different? So... It's it's hard for me to say that I'll miss any of those NPCs because I connect a lot of them with your three characters yeah. rather than with mm-hmm. myself. With the exception, I suppose, of Red Reggie, which is something I created purely, <laughs> <laughs> purely for my own enjoyment. Yeah. Which yeah, is, okay. you know, you know, and Red Reggie didn't make a, an appearance in our finale, unfortunately, because honestly, like... We, <laughs> There's no closure needed yeah. for that character. You can just sort of assume that Red Reggie continues on. to do exactly what Red Reggie continues to do. Red Reggie does right. Your um, mom. That was like kind of my only oasis for like, I'm just going to fuck around for a bit <laughs> as this mm. rando. Uh, but for the most part, a lot of the NPCs were built as foils for all of you. So it's, it's hard mm. for me to like say I, I miss more one more than the other. Um, I right. really liked doing... 
Hestia's voice. Yes. <laughs> so good. That was but, such a good voice. Um, Hestia was always a piece of shit and will probably continue to be a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I love all my I love all my babies equally. Mm. Wow. Okay. Well, we've made it to the end. <laughs> oh, shit. I, have one, I know. It's crazy. I have just one more question. And I just like, I, I, I want to know, I just want to give you all like a little moment to sort of like leave your final thoughts mm. at the end of the slumber party before we turn on mm. Spy Kids 2 and <laughs> fall asleep. Because <laughs> it's my sleepover. And I say, what movie we watch? Um, but I want, I just want like, I just like want like one, just like one final moment, like your final thoughts, like anything that you want to say either to like the people who are listening or to um, us, I don't know, whatever, whatever you, whatever like final thoughts you have. And I'm looking at the Zoom recording to see who looks the most prepared to go first. <laughs> I think I have, an, I think I have, you know, something more just reflecting on what yeah. I thought was interesting about this campaign and something that players can kind of take into their mm, home yeah. games to make their games a little more rich. I think one of the largest differences between, I mean, obviously it was, you know, 95, 96 episodes, something, right? Did yeah, something 96? like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of playing, you know, and there's a huge arc and a long campaign. But um, I guess for for DMs and players alike, something that I really, really, really loved about this campaign was that the combat encounter, like the importance of the combat encounters was kind of, I don't know if it was necessarily that the importance of the combat encounters was brought down to the level of importance of all of the other encounters or that the social encounters were brought up to the level of the importance of the combat encounters. But we had to, as our characters, you know, gained and lost power and influence in the void, we had to make moral choices. Yeah. We we were actually put through like moral dilemmas through the veil of our characters that we then had to actually work through, like not just from a personal standpoint, like how I, Robert, would handle this situation, but like, shit, how would my character morally, as they are changing and growing and experiencing these different traumas and having these little victories and being selfish Mm. and, you know, being sort of selfless at times, like... It was it was really wild, I think, making that more important and making the active choice to lean into moral dilemmas as a social encounter yeah. through the veil of my character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think picking back off of that, um, I think that like the, I don't know. I think that the thing, <laughs> I don't know what I just said. No, Look, it's early. My coffee isn't settled yet. I'm a better writer than I am a talker. Um, uh, I think something that, I would encourage others to do because something that I really loved about our campaign is like not being afraid to make mistakes because it is fiction. It's not real. It has like in-game consequences that are really interesting narratively to like play through and explore and suffer, um, but also to celebrate. Um, And I think that there there are like some of my favorite moments were just us being like, let's just fucking go for it. Like, let's jump and like, let's see what happens. Like, I think all the time about like when Shale was like, I have this thing down here if you want to come. And Hart was like, are you going to hurt me? That is like not a question <laughs> Bianca would ever ask, but Hart doesn't know any better. And like, it, it opens up a wide, a wider <laughs> experience. I think when you allow yourself to 
embrace the joy of play and fiction and know that like at the end of the day, we keep each other safe at the table so that we can make our characters feel like they are in real danger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what a great way to learn how you feel about things as a person than to make mistakes in a fictional, controlled, safe environment. Right, exactly. You can walk away feeling something, some way about something you hadn't considered before because of a choice that your character made that you just totally fucking bungled. Yes, I think it's just so fun. And like knowing that like there is... There is a trust inherent that I think we built very well between the four of us that just, that really like allowed, I'll speak for myself, that like allowed me to to do things that I normally wouldn't do because I I felt like I was like, no, this is what will be best for the narrative and what will be most interesting for Hart to have to deal with later. Yeah, I feel, I feel the same way. I feel like... Um... That's that's what makes D and D special in mm-hmm. comparison to other board games or um, even video games. You know what I mean? Like, if 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 you want to play a game where you just optimize your character and just destroy a bunch of people, you know, go play Elden Ring. You know, but <laughs> but right, but like, mm-hmm. well, not much destroying there. You you'll get killed a lot. But anyway, um, <laughs> but anyway, like the thing that I love about the game of D and D is is like you can have the perfect plan and try to avoid any sort of failure whatsoever. You have all the, all the right spells. You, you know, you like all of your allies are with you. It takes one bad roll mm-hmm. for a, sh- a really beautiful plan to fall to shit. And yes. the opposite is true. You can go in with a shit plan, but it takes one really good roll for a shit plan to turn into a beautiful one. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> so at the end of the day, Unless you can predict what numbers are going to pop up on the die, you don't know what role it's going to be. You know, you don't know. Like for me, for example, like I could do a investigation check and get like a plus 12 or I could do like a medicine check and get like a plus two. And you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, I have no idea what role it's going to be. I don't know what the die is going to show. So like at the end of the day, whatever you think is the, you know, the impulse choice it's always going to be more fun to flesh out because uh, at the end of the day, like that's the nature of the game. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I just want to thank the three of you. I think uh, more than anything, I thank you for your patience. Thank you for showing up, bringing your full selves to these characters. I think uh, I will look back at this as like one of the things I'm most proud of making. Yeah. Um, for all of its flaws and um, eccentricities, <laughs> um, I'm extremely proud of us. And like, thank you all for listening. If you're listening to this, because there's a lot of shit out there, a lot of content that you yeah. can consume. So taking any time out of your lives to listen to us goofballs tell space stories, um, yeah. it means the absolute world to me and of course we're not done we're gonna we're gonna keep making cool shit for you all to listen to but yeah um, yeah damn i mean starting this out i had no clue no (laughs) yeah what was about to happen to my life yeah um so i'm just extremely grateful just extremely grateful to yeah i I remember sort of jumping on that uh really quick i remember way at the beginning we were like, we were like, yeah, we don't know what's gonna happen. Like, you know, we posted <laughs> on to Spotify, and our friends will listen to it and whatever. Yeah. But I remember very clearly, like, the the goal was we just want to make something 
that one person listens to out there. If there's one person out there that's like this podcast left a lasting impression on me mm-hmm. and like that would have made the whole thing worth it. All of the hours that we put into it, editing it, recording it, you know, learning how to edit, learning how to, you know, make, make our process even better. Um, all the bumps that we made along the way, like it, none of it really felt too daunting because it got us closer to that goal of just reaching out to one person. So the people that are here at the last episode at this last cast party, um, it doesn't even matter the number, like just the fact that you're here, um, it, it may, like Jules was saying, like, and and thank you to Jules, by the way, like, yeah, uh, for of real. course, like, yeah, our goofiness was a lot of fun, but the amount of mental energy, emotional energy and prep that Jules brought to the table, not just in DMing, but like in preparing all the behind the scenes stuff that we do. Um, it just took a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of creative energy that I don't know a lot of people that have that amount of strength and energy and doing that kind of work and that much work. So, um, thank you to Jules. Thank you to the the listeners that are here with us today. Cause again, I know this is a cliche, but like, seriously, this is for you. We, we wouldn't have gotten this far without, without, you know, those of you that are here today. Amen. All right. Well, um, speaking now, forever hold your peace. Anybody have anything fun, clever, witty, sad, seppy, sweet to say? Going once. Watch the space, baby. <laughs> Watch the space. Yeah. <laughs> Robert, no, you no. look like you're going to say something. No, I right. wasn't. Okay. <laughs> Wash your ass, baby. Wash your, your ass, ass. baby. <laughs> um, thank you all so much uh, for joining me today. Uh, I love you all very much. And mm. uh, now we're going to um, enjoy Robert Rodriguez's um, acclaimed film, Spy Kids 2. See you later. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Pass the cheese balls. <laughs> <laughs>